get really resourceful. And I learned how to use subcontractors, convince people. This is what I have to do. I was getting jobs and I would get them and I would say, hey, it's the job's $2,000. I'm going to take a third. You're going to take two thirds. You're going to do it. But oh yeah, you're not going to get paid till we get paid. But you don't even really know me. You're not going to get paid for 60 days. I was convincing guys to do that. You, that's a sales pitch right there. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Business Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Sterick. This show is where we talk about all kinds of different stuff in business, but mainly we talk about how to mind your own business and stay in your own lane, and we interview only distinguished guests in order to find out their secrets. Hey guys, just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It means so much to me that you guys are listening. I don't make any money off of this stuff. I do it for free. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I want to help people and I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot. How's your day going? Going good. I'm headed to the Houston in a couple hours. I'm going to the Final Four. My brother and my buddy, we're going down there for the weekend, going to all the games. Nice. And then I'm getting my basement done. It's got contractors here and everything, dumpsters. One of those days where it's like getting everything but work done. Yeah, <laughs> I get it, man. How about you? It's been a hell of a week. I finally hired a VA. It's actually my second one that I've hired, but the last one I had was back in October, and it was a friend of mine. She lived out of state. She lived in Vegas, and she worked for me for like two weeks and then she's like you know i'm eight months pregnant and i should probably be working a little less instead of taking my fourth job on I was yeah like, cool you know you got to take care of your family go for it and then it took me like this long to to get off of my ass to actually find one where did you get one this time it's a referral from one of the dm alliance guys from dan moran okay and the person's in the states or no she's in the philippines yeah i love the philippines dude she's amazing i can't believe it it's been a week right i hired her last thursday and the stuff that she's been able to accomplish in a week i'm like Mm -hmm. I should have done this so long ago. That's how I feel. It's like each one of them is kind of like two of my old employees. Yeah. <laughs> right. How many VAs do you have now? Like a ton, right? We've got like 18 or 19 of them. A lot of them are collecting data and doing kind of some, you know, easy stuff, lower level, but then I have VAs who manage them. Okay. I only talk to like five or six. I mean, I'll talk to any of them because I just, they're nice people. I mean, if they message me or whatever, like the heads of those things is only a few. Okay. Six, five. And then where did you find all of them? Like where did you use Upwork and stuff or? I used Upwork. That's my favorite. I find it really easy and there's so many on there. But just like I did with employees who were on roofs and stuff with me, when I get a good one and I really think they're good, I say, who else you know that's like you? I have one main one that kind of runs the day-to-day stuff in my business and she has everybody's related to her at this point under her. They're either sisters, they're friends. She used to be like an assistant manager at one of the resorts. She's a super bright person and she knows, she goes and poaches people. When we need somebody new, she says, I know somebody who works for me and she's like, she already, I love that. It's the same thing. You know their work ethic. She knows they're smart. And then she has a house and we used to have a little office, but now she does does at her house. They'll come over for like a weekend or two days and eat food and she'll train them. Wow. Because they're friends with her. 
they like her, you know, and vice versa. It's been great. Yeah. What is, like you said, she used to work for the resort. I haven't done any research on like the pay and stuff like that. What is the pay like when they work for a resort? What do they do there? She was doing managing, I guess, all the housekeeping and vendors too, people who were doing stuff outside maintenance guys. She came to me in 2016. So I'm going to say she was making seven bucks an hour, six, seven bucks an hour over there at that okay. point, which is probably, you know, if you're doing housekeeping over there, you might be making $2 an hour. If they come on to Upwork, a lot of people will do $3 an hour because it's a it's a pay increase. I'll start people at four to do really low level things and they move up really quickly. I just want to see if they're, even when she brings over somebody, if they're just going to do things, we do that. And like within two weeks, we move them up and then we move them up again. I like to look at it at three different pay scales. The low level is, it's the same here. It's uh, making French fries at McDonald's type stuff. That's probably in that four to $6 an hour range. And I always give them a path to the next one. Then you get in that six and $8 range where you're doing stuff that you know what you're doing. You have some experience now and everything. I really want to, I just start it there now. I don't even get the lower level people. Then eight to 10, eight to 12, you're probably going to manage a couple of the people that were below you that I just said, maybe you manage two or one, maybe even three. And then 12 to 16 and now would be kind of management and stuff. But I give them profit sharing like that one I just told you, Grace. I give her profit sharing. I give other people not necessarily profit sharing, but always bonuses. Hitting them up with $100 is like hitting someone up with like 800 here. They will, if you go send them 150 bucks just for doing nothing, like, hey, you're doing a great job. I mean, they probably are like, what the hell? That doesn't happen here. You're working for a landscaper. He gives you 500 bucks. You're doing a great job. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Right. Like a week's worth of pay for them. Yeah. It's a lot of money. This one, Grace, she's my main one. I mean, she's all in the QuickBooks and she knows our sales and everything. I don't do profit. I do revenue because I don't want, we all have lots of expenses. I don't want to go through it with them. And I yeah. just say, hey, this is what we hit last year. We have two seasons for gutters, spring and fall. This is what we hit last spring. This is what we hit last fall. This is what we should hit if we don't really do anything just because it's always a snowball. But here's our metrics, KPIs, everything. And then I give bonuses off that and for her profit sharing. Yeah. So you basically have like this whole team that just kind of funnels everything in and then you have everybody on the ground that does the work and i have all subs that do the work but i do have a guy up in new jersey he's been with me forever he's an employee he has guys under him as a crew and i give him profit sharing as well on what he does that's just a better way to do it because it keeps people super motivated he would have left had he not done that he's too high level i mean he ends up making five six hundred dollars a day because he's running crews and he's doing it and maybe he was making 350 or so as a roofer so you got to give him a thing and it what i like is i'll give you a story about him real quick it was snowing up there my brother was still living in new jersey and my brother went by my storage unit i had vans and everything it was on a sunday he shows me a picture this guy's up on the van shoveling snow off the van on a sunday not getting paid not doing anything that's how he it's like his business his business yeah for sure he wants to make it go well so yeah i do profit sharing and same thing with two vas over in philippines and the main one she's working every day it's like she says i go to sleep thinking about gutter king i wake up thinking about gutter king that's what you want yeah for sure that's crazy because that's what i was doing now i'm thinking about blue collar million i'm thinking about a lot of other things i know man. i'm thinking about my new office that i'm building for myself you see what i got here i love it this is great for the zoom and i love the ladder too i was looking at a house that had a office with the ladder there it almost made me want to pay like another right? 50 grand i didn't get it but 
<laughs> yeah, we, we've actually built a few houses just like this, where we have a, a ladder system in their library form. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do this for myself now. So this is basically my vision board. Every day I see it, I know that I'm going to be building this for myself in the future. I love it. It looks yeah. awesome. Then right. you got to fill it up with all the books that change your life. I know, seriously. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm a digital guy, but I'll buy the hard copies just of to... like a hundred books that I really like just yeah. to put them in there. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm actually in the process right now of having the plans drawn up to build the new office and expand the house and do all this stuff. Hopefully it by- It's great. It's going to be great when you do it. Yeah. By the end of the year, I'll have a guest house built with an office and a gym on the property, which will be really, really nice. Where are you located? I'm in Ventura, California. It's north of oh. about 45 minutes. Awesome. Yeah. Things are going well. I love to hear. I love to see it. So many guys in the DM Alliance are killing it. Everybody in there, basically. Everybody in there. Everybody. They wouldn't be in there if they weren't. Right. There was a post the other day, how much value we get for a thousand bucks a month. Like, it's silly. I know. But the guy, Dan Moran, he was like, Mark is a sucker for charging so little. <laughs> <laughs> it was a funny joke, but. Anyway. I get so much on, you know, I'm in the dealmaker family. It's a little different on the price. I mean, the connections I've made are incredible. Yeah. You know, I, I bought this roofing company. I know roofing, but there's two guys in there that have like $20 million a year roofing businesses. You set up a Zoom with them and you ask them questions. I bring my partner on. I mean, how could you do that otherwise? I know. I've had that same conversation. I think you're probably talking about Mark Andrew, one of them. Yeah. I've had yeah. that same conversation with him when we were in Fort Lauderdale. We have a general contracting company here in LA. We do ground up construction and then we do residential remodels as well. We don't do any commercial stuff. We're slowly trying to phase that out of the business just because, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff internally, not repetitive. There's no recurring revenue model with that. But I was talking to Mark about it and, you know, what he's doing and how he runs his business is unbelievable way to do it. That's for sure. He's killing it. And like everybody in those, they're just humble guys killing it. And they're just so happy to help you yeah. tell you anything. So yeah, he came on an hour. I recorded it and I already watched it a second time because I want to, there's so much info in there. We know of stuff we do. Like for me, maybe it's run building a gutter business. And for you, it's building your business and whatever. If you could tell yourself when you were 20 years ago, I mean, you'd save yourself so much time. That's what all these things are about. The DM Alliance, mentors, everything. And I was learning everything by myself. And it's, you can figure it out, but it, it can take you 10 years sometimes to. It takes way longer. Get where you could get in six months. Yeah, dude, it's a total shortcut, right? So I joined the DM Alliance in November, four and a half months ago, somewhere in that range, five months ago now. I'm like at least 10 times the person I was in October. Wow. Because of. It. Mark has a great way of making you think bigger. He makes you a little uncomfortable in the beginning, but you could tell him anything and he'd. It doesn't even phase him. I love that about him. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect, right? I didn't really know Mark. hadn't really heard too much about him. I met him through Toby Ema because Toby and I run in the same multifamily circles together. Mm -hmm. And the first call that we had in the DM Alliance, I had this trucking company that I'd started during COVID. I wasn't feeling it. You know, the trucking was, it was going downhill quickly. Like the rates are still declining. Like 12 months yeah. in a row, the rates have been going down. The market is like 40% less than what it was last March. I brought it up in the group. The first time and mark's like well usually we answer our own questions before we ask them to other people right he's like it seems like you know what you're talking about with trucking like I'm like all right what do you think about trucking the industry as a whole and he's like I would never be in that industry at all, ever. Yeah. And that was enough for me. Basically, I needed to hear it from somebody who's doing like high level business stuff. And that moment I was like, okay, hey, well, the decision is done. I got off the call. By the end of the day, I had to make the calls to all the drivers. I got them jobs with, with some of our buddies, some of our competitors. And then within a week and a half, the whole entire company was done. 
liquidated. I love it. You just talked yourself through your own answers, right? That's what he's saying. Yeah. But that only works when you do it with like other high level people, because it, you won't have that conversation with like your brother-in-law, your buddy who doesn't know anything or he really doesn't even give a shit. You don't even talk to him because he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on in the game? Like he doesn't want to hear it, yeah. but you get somebody like that and they might give you a little feedback too of what they feel. And then it, it it cements that opinion of what you do. I remember when you messaged me a few times, I don't know that business at all, but not making deals and not staying in things is just as important as starting things. Yep, 100%. I, I made lots of mistakes. When I look back, I wouldn't make the same mistakes now where it's not that, oh, I, I didn't make money. It just wasn't a good use of my time. I was doing a roof cleaning, which is like there's algae on the roof, especially in the Northeast. I thought it was going to be this great thing. But when I look back, first of all, it's one off. You clean the person's roof. It's basically Basically, nothing's right. coming back for a long time. Yeah. I was long gone by then. It's a total hassle to train people. You're dealing with chemicals. And here's the thing is like, you have to explain it to every homeowner over and over. You almost have to convince them. No, no, it's going to work. They're like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. I'm like, yeah, I've done like a hundred. Here's the before and after. Yeah, but you should do it this way. Like I, it was driving me nuts. And then when I would do it, sometimes it would look so good. And the, I remember one guy said, he says, man, you're undercharging. Maybe I charge him like five or 600 bucks. He's like, that's literally like like two or three thousand dollars you just put on my house yeah it's hard to do that when nobody even understands what you're doing so yeah. i had to like look at myself and say i don't want to do this like all my money's coming from like cleaning gutters on apartment complexes how do i just zero in on that and go all in every day sometimes you got to do the wrong thing to see what's right yeah absolutely man i mean i've been in all kinds of different industries you know i've been self-employed one way or another since i was 11 years old mowing lawns you know going door to door yeah. my neighborhood with my dad <laughs> lawnmower smoking all the neighbors out because it was an old one i started all kinds of different businesses over the years i went from i had a couple motorcycle shops for a while so i love horsepower and anything with an engine i'm about it right boats i worked in a boat shop for a number of years and i was like well maybe i should start a boat shop don't ever start a boat shop right so i didn't do that <laughs> but yeah started a motorcycle shop with a partner of mine and quickly realized that in the motorcycle business everybody is your bro your homie your dog your cousin your friend your whatever <laughs> yeah and, yeah you know and everybody wants a discount and obviously it's not a friendship factory you know that keeps the lights on quickly exited that sold my yep. half to my partner at the time and, and he's still running it to this day successfully and he's doing very well for himself but for me it wasn't the right avenue and what you and i have talked about in the past is like what are lower skilled tasks that are repeatable replicable and easily trainable yeah what you have is golden man yeah so it's like making french fries at mcdonald's you could teach somebody real quick the only thing there is a barrier in entry because you're up on a roof making french fries basically i like that to make it a little harder but yeah every business i look at i want to think like hey our, our lower level people can they do this can we teach it really quickly if it's too complicated it's very hard yeah i was looking at buying roofing companies i think you and i were talking about that too it's not difficult to be a roofer in the sense where you know training someone how to put shingles on a roof right that's not that difficult they just have to follow uh -huh. the system but what i run into you know, with that is it's kind of the one and done model. Once yeah. you get the roof on, you're not coming back for 15 years unless you're doing a tune-up every, you know, maybe once a year you're going to take a look at it. But usually people don't think about their roof and think like, oh, I want to pay for a service for you to come out here 
every year and check it out, right? There's no imminent danger. Whereas like cleaning gutters, there is imminent danger. You're going to have gutters that are overflowing and all kinds of issues, you know, resulting from that. I totally agree. And that's, I did do roofs and that was kind of why I didn't like it, doing them and being done. A good way to do that is if you're commercial and they have a lot of properties and you're doing a lot of big jobs and you can still get big repair things. Because if you go do a repair on somebody's house, I mean, the house is only, if the house is 2,500 square feet, you're doing one thing. But if you're doing a shopping mall and they're calling you about repairs, you can hit them up every time. This business I got is all commercial. Plus I can plug it into my complexes and everything I have in there. But the other part of that is if, if I was doing houses for roofs and I put somebody onto this a long time ago, he did it. And I think he has a thousand of these contracts. So every time he does a roof, he says, Hey, when they're done, we want to put you on our gutter cleaning service. But as part of that, we're going to come out here. We're going to clean your gutters, but we're going to check your roofs. Make sure everything's good. You got to get your gutters cleaned anyway. And now he has a separate crew to just do gutters all the time. And he has a lot of people on a Forex thing. And this is up Northeast. You don't need your gutters cleaned four times, but he's basically just checking and making it really easy. He's created this residual model that he can now sell. And when he sells that roofing business, that's going to make that multiple that much more. Because you're walking into a thousand people, but also he's top of mind. He can reach out to them. Hey, we just did your gutter cleaning. You know, anybody who's looking for roofs, all that kind of stuff. You got to figure out a way to get it on a subscription basis with roofing, yeah. whether that's inspection or whatever it is, because otherwise it's that one and done model. And then you're always hunting. Yeah. Same thing. Like with, I think the same principles apply to solar, right? The solar industry, because you can easily bolt that onto a roofing company. Yeah. But it's the same thing where it's the one and done. The only thing you can do with solar would be what solar panel cleaning and then mm -hmm. making sure that the batteries are maintaining their proper things and whatever else you know so you come and do that maybe once or twice a year and that's okay it's probably, i don't know what the numbers on that they're probably not that big but i would want to do that i'd build that right into you know when you're selling them the solar or when you're done to get them going i just like it because yeah you make money but you can also it's a sellable asset yeah that one and done model but the other thing is if you do have a business that's like erc or kind of roofing erc is a perfect example it's like a little a cash cow go in there and grab money if you know what it is and you say hey this is only a short period of time but i'm gonna go make a bunch of money well then go make a bunch of money and go stick it into something that is residual like buying apartment complexes and stuff 100 man that's what i'm doing then you're okay but you just have to do that but what are most a lot of not most people a lot of people go out and they're making much money they start buying depreciating assets and stupid shit i'm always like how do i turn more money into passive residual money that's one great thing i with these masterminds is you meet these high level people who operate apartment complex. I don't want to do that. I don't have the bandwidth for it. It's just not my to invest in. And I like to get a piece. Mm -hmm. I take so, gutter cash and put it over there. Yeah, totally with you on that. I've been in the real estate space since 2004. My dad and I actually had a mortgage business here in LA that we ran successfully until about 2010. Mm -hmm. And then everything, you know, took a shit. And that was out. We actually had a hundred unit apartment complex that we were about to break ground on. It was just a partnership with myself, my dad, and one other partner. And we were going to own this thing. And come 2009, we we couldn't get construction financing to save our asses like at all. And we also had, we bought another house that was like right next to the property. And I moved all of my stuff into it because I was going to manage the construction process. I was going to manage the GC and we lost everything. I was a signer on the house and on the land loan. Oh man. And anyway, it was 
that. And then I had somebody a few weeks ago who was like, hey, how much do you think that complex would be worth now? And I'm like, you're an asshole, you know that? <laughs> you know the thing about guys who went through that 2008, 2009, and people who didn't go through it, they think it was like this six month thing. It wasn't six months, it was years. I lost so much money in the beginning of that. I really, it's not that I didn't wasn't making money and paying bills, but I didn't really start like saving and getting back to like 2012 because I had debts to pay. And it was even further than that, 2013. When I meet guys who went through that, got kicked in the teeth, got knocked down, but got back up and now are successful, that like, I want to do business with that person because it's never, I don't know if it's ever going to be worse than that. And that person did it. And I know lots of people who got their ass kicked in 2007 and they're working at, they're in a cubicle right now. They never recovered. Wow. You know, mentally it takes, it took a toll on me. Losing business, everything, you start like questioning yourself and your own decisions. And I remember I thought I was the smartest guy in the room kind of thing in like 2005 when real estate was going up. You know, it was like everything you touch was working. And I remember I ended up on my brother's couch and I was had all this debt and I was sitting there. This is a few years later. And I was remember thinking, you're not that fucking smart at all. You really aren't. But that's how I felt like you felt that for me. That's how you're doing my own self-talk. Yeah. And I was beating myself up about it. And one day I just said, all right, I'm not going to beat myself up about this, but I can never allow this to happen again. And when you're in it, I didn't really look at it like this huge economic thing. You're just like kind of worried about yourself. And yeah. I had a lot of friends who hadn't taken chances on real estate and their life didn't really change much. I was feeling it really bad. But that's kind of what might have happened over the last few years too in real estate. A lot of people were thinking they're young guys. They were thinking I was watching them and everybody was getting into it. And I knew a young guy who was working for me and he was like, yeah, I'm buying these Airbnbs and everything. And I was like, I don't know about that, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. He was like, no, nah, I'm going to make 4000 a night. And it's like 100 bucks in expense. I'm like, bro, you don't even know what you're talking about. Don't do that. When you hear those type of guys yeah. are doing something, you need to get out of it. That's right. what happened in 2007 when I had buddies who never saved a dollar. They were buying homes for zero, with zero, like basically zero money down. Yeah. No docs. Like, me, I don't know, 3% down, no docs. Right. And I'm like, right. this yeah. guy hasn't done the, anything in 15 years. Loan. Negative amortization loan. With crazy three-year arm rates and... And they lost everything quick. Yeah. They never recovered. They're, I don't know what they're doing now, but I know they're not. They're back to where they were. It, it took me seven years to recover financially. I had to go through a bankruptcy because of that. Yeah. Seven years that, you know, I had to rebuild my credit to get it off. And now, of course, I'm like knocking on the door at 800, you know, for my score. It's a long thing. It's a long thing. But I learned that I'm never going to do that again. Me too. I never take a risk. I'll tell you how bad my stuff was. My, my stuff was business stuff. But of course, you're signing on it personally. So it's the same thing. And I had Sprint at the time and I was trying to save money and I see T-Mobile was basically doing like $39 a month phones, and I was paying like 80. So I go into T-Mobile who I had before for like six years and paid it every time. I never missed any phone bills or anything. And I go in and T-Mobile declines me. You know, like I'm there with my yeah. girlfriend. They're like, no, you're declined. I'm like for $40 a month. <laughs> I was so embarrassed that I was like, fuck this. That was only the beginning. I had a credit card that had a $300 limit. That's it. Yeah. And I had to pay $99 a year to have it. Me too. Nothing. I had no credit. Nothing. I 
used to rent vans when I was rebuilding my business. I had no credit card. You have to have a $500 limit. I would have to have my brother leave his job on lunch hour to come over, meet me at Enterprise, use his card because they won't take debit card. Yeah. And I mean, if I didn't have him do that, it would, like that's how bad it was. That's some embarrassing shit. It wasn't embarrassing because it was my brother, but if it was somebody else, you know, <laughs> like I would have done a lot more in those years had I had access to just basic stuff. Get super resourceful, right? When you had that bankruptcy and you you figure it out and now you, you're that much. It's easy when you just throw it on a credit and it goes up because the market goes up and you think you're really smart. But when you have to get resourceful, that's what I had. I had to get really resourceful. And I learned how to use subcontractors, convince people. This is what I had to do. I was getting jobs and I would get them and I would say, hey, it's the job's $2,000. I'm going to take a third. You're going to take two thirds. You're going to do it. But oh yeah, you're not going to get paid till we get paid. But you don't even really know me. You're not going to get paid for 60 days. I was convincing guys to do that. You, That's a sales pitch right there. Yeah. I had to build them up, take them maybe get some beers or something. And they're like, whoa, 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 60 days. If I do this like next Tuesday, you're not going to pay me on like Friday. I'm like, no, nah, it's going to be 60 days. Yeah. And I started doing that. Once I saw like, wow, I can get people to do this. Now I pay them super quick, but I know that you can get, you figure out ways to do shit. Yeah. Got to keep going. Credit card thing. I had a cash secured credit card to start rebuilding my credit. I yeah. had the bank $600 for them to give me a credit line. I had one at Wells Fargo. It was a thousand, but I, they had a thousand of my dollars. So I'm like, why do I even have this thing? Right? <laughs> that was how I got resourceful. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they, Wells Fargo is like, yeah, we'll give you one, but you got to put a thousand in here. You can't touch it. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, well, I guess I got a thousand dollar credit card now. Yeah. For 12 months. Yeah. Now, six months into my credit card, it was through my credit union. They were actually, a, they approved me for a car loan, which was really cool. So I went in and I got a car loan for like, for a small car, right? Cheap car. Just so I could have that on my credit and rebuild it as fast as possible. So that's crazy. I couldn't get credit on vehicles. I was trying to buy vans. I start. I was going to auctions. I figured out how to like get really good deals. And then I remember I was in Pennsylvania. I was living, I had like, I bought four one day. I bought them all for like a thousand bucks because I'm like, I want to sell all of them. Then I'm going to take that cash and I'm going to go get a better one. But I ended up selling three of them and we used one of them. I was like, what am I? I'm an auction guy now. Like right. you're just anyway to try to, yeah, you gotta I'm done it. during the day at nighttime. I'll go to these auctions and, and yeah, a couple times I made mistakes because I'm not a mechanic and you know, you, you don't have much time. You got to just go. Funny. You're not even allowed to touch the car. It's just on. That's funny that you and I are one in the same. I used to flip cars, cars. in the beginning after uh, everything went down in 2010 i flipped cars for a while cars motorcycles whatever i could get my hands on that i knew about and i was going to the off because my uncle actually had a dealer license in florida and yeah. so that dealer license transferred over to california so we started flipping cars together to make some extra cash and yeah i bought a land rover that was a piece of shit i did it i ended up the last time i went there i got kicked out i had already been warned about talking to other people because there was like always the same two guys trying to buy the same stuff i was so i tried to talk to them like tell me which ones you want and i I'm not going to fuck with you. I only want these two. First, I tested them to see if they do it. I tell them too, I don't even want. Yeah. <laughs> but I ended up doing it. And then this guy comes over to me. He's like, you cannot do that. You will get kicked out of here. It's illegal. And I was like, all right. And I tried it. I did it another time. But I had done it enough where it worked out for me. Yeah. yeah you should have seen some of the shady guys. I'm sure you did. Like they'd be under the uh, hood unplugging a sensor so the check engine light would go on. So that way the next <laughs> person would take a look at it and be like, oh, check engine lights on. I'm not going to bid on that one. And they yeah. put the sensor back in after they win the bid. I I didn't even think about people doing that, but I'm sure they were. Oh, they happen. Because there's so many of them out there that nobody's watching what you're doing with them. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, hey, let's talk about Blue Collar Millionaire. Tell me what you guys are up to over 
there. Tell me about the war room and all that stuff. Okay. Blue collar millionaire. It's just, I'll tell you, I went real quick, but just because I became a blue collar millionaire off, off gutters and basically like from like 2014 to like 2000, whatever, 20, I had so many blue collar guys, specifically blue collar guys asking me, how did you do that? They were curious and I would just tell them stuff like, Hey, you should do this. It worked. And a couple of, a few of the guys, they would go and execute and they would have like awesome results. And they would send me messages like, man, that shit works. And then other guys, you know, you tell them something they and they don't do anything with it. I thought the other part of it was when I got in these masterminds and I really started thinking bigger and making a lot more money. I realized that specifically blue collar guys, they think so small. They really do. They never think like, hey, how do I net a million dollars a year? How do I net $3 million a year? White collar guys think about that stuff. Not all of them, but many of them do, right? I had white collar friends. They're thinking about making millions of dollars. I never had blue collar guys thinking that. They're thinking of making a hundred grand. It's really what it is. I wanted to like, how do I do this on a bigger platform? And then I didn't really want to be on camera and doing all that. I was like one of those people who doesn't want to do it. I thought I need to get somebody I can talk to on a podcast type thing and somebody with a good personality. Mark actually told me, hey, do you know Chris Evans? He's got like a big blue collar business. And I knew Chris from Facebook and we had spoken one time. He's got that great personality. Oh, I called him up. I pitched the idea to him. I said, listen, it's nothing now. I got the logo and I got the, I'm trying to get the trademark all set up. You want to do it? I'll do it 50-50 with you. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe nothing. Yeah. He was like, yeah, let's do it. So we started doing every Tuesday. So we have this Facebook group, Blue Collar Millionaire. We have every Tuesday we bring on lots of guys that have been in Dealmaker, DM Alliance, mostly blue collar guys who've made a lot of money and they tell their story. And I want that borrowed. I've got so much good feedback from it where people get that borrowed belief because if anybody listens to me you're like all right i mean it's not that complicated right i'm not it's not like i didn't even go to college it's not that i couldn't i just wanted to go i was i had a landscaping business in high school and i was just like i'm gonna grow this so i want there to be people you can i'm 50 now i want people i don't care 40 30 20 you're looking you're like hey i can do what this guy did and i want to help them get there much faster with much less pain because it was a lot of work to figure it out out all on my own. I know they have YouTube and everything now. They didn't have anything like that when I was around. So we're doing that. Then we did, I try to give some good content and good ideas or stuff once in a while. And then I do, we did a mastermind in January. We had, I think 11 people come and we went through, I talked about virtual assistants, how well that's worked for me, teach them how to do it. Chris taught stuff. And then we worked one-on-one -on -one with everybody's business and really said, Hey, what are your problems? And rather than saying here, here's 20 different things, just do this one thing. But here's two or three other things you can do after. Because I think sometimes you go to these masterminds and your your head's about to explode. Sure. You're like, you got a notepad and then you go home and Wednesday you didn't do anything. And two yeah. weeks later, you didn't do anything. I wanted guys to like, hey, what's really going to work for you specifically? Tell me about your business. Let's get into it. We're sitting there all night and talking to people. And I think it was really helpful for them. Now we're, we're doing a podcast. It's going to start in a couple of weeks. We're going to do some more mastermind events. And then you were asking about the war room, all blue collar millionaire stuff, the mastermind costs money, but all the other stuff in the Facebook group, of course, it's free. The War Room, Mark Evans is part of that as well. It's Chris, Mark Evans, and I. We all agree that acquiring businesses is a better way than starting businesses.
businesses. And I think even growth, organic growth or acquisitions, I would take acquisitions. I kind of stumbled upon that with landscaping. I acquired some guys' landscaping routes just because I found out about it and they were kind of selling them for like super cheap. And that was like a way that really made me a bunch of money. And it was super easy to just walk into 30 lawns that they're already doing. And you get it for like, and then I was seller financing. I didn't know any of this, but I was doing it when I was young. I just think that's a great way. So in the war room, we specifically talk about how to find businesses to acquire, how to negotiate them, how to fund them, how to do them. And then all the different pieces of that. And we got about 16 or 18 people in there every week. It's fun stuff. We do kind of a Zoom. It's virtual. It's, it's one day a week. And then tons of guys message me and I do calls and everything. I look at their stuff on off hours too. I want to see guys, you get like in real estate, if you're going to flip homes, you can go flip a home and make 30 grand. That's nice, but that doesn't change your life. No. You got to flip houses over and over and over. But with businesses, all you got to do is buy one good business where it's already cash flowing and making money. There's enough cash flow to pay debt and to pay yourself and still live. And then you see things in that business where you're like, whoa, why isn't this guy doing it? I, I could do this to it. Yeah. Like I could basically take a gutter business in California and probably 10x it because I just know so much more maybe than that guy does. But if he had some good bones, and stuff and customers, why not? Why not just buy his and then just grow it? It probably I would do it a lot faster. A lot easier than starting from scratch. You, what people are always shocked of when a guy posts on Facebook a deal and they're like, why would he sell it for that? If he's making 350 grand a year net, why would he sell it for 700 grand? It doesn't make any sense. First of all, people do it all the time. We bought the roofing business for 1x multiple of his net income. Why is he doing that? He's 68 years old. He's been trying to sell for four years. He's had two buyers flake on him at the last minute with money. He already has a condo or whatever down in Phoenix. He's down there four months a year and he's been making money for 20 something years. He's, he's done. Most businesses don't get sold. They just, yeah. you can make deals for sure. You can find steals. So if you find one good business and then you know how to operate it a little better, you know how to scale it a little better. Yeah, you could turn a business that makes $300,000 into 800,000 net. I'm talking about net million. Why not? Why not? Happens all the time. Yeah. For all the people that are going to be listening to this, Blue Collar Millionaire got the group on Facebook, right? Yep. And You'll then, see this logo on it. If you put in Facebook groups, Blue Collar Millionaire, you could just join in there and you can reach me, Kevin. It's Marin, M-A-R-R-O-N. If you go on Facebook, that's the way to reach me. Okay. And, and then if somebody wants to join the war room, what does that cost? It's $500 a month. We do have an application thing, so, but I'll let anybody come in. Like I like people to come in one time, check it out for an hour, and if they want to apply to it. If the reason I say apply is because all that we have certain questions. I want to make sure I'm not doing it for money, even though we get $500. Like I want to make sure guys, I can see a path to that person buying a business in the next calendar year, within a year. If I don't see it, I might say, hey, maybe you should stay. We, Chris and I have done that to a few people. We say, hey, you should just stay in the blue collar group, get free content, stack up some money, and then maybe in six months or a year, let's redo it. But it's $500 a month. You can cancel anytime you want. We're trying to help you get deals done. Is Mark Evans on those calls every week too? He is on the, every call. Huge value, man. I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. Chris Garrison's my partner in Blue Collar Millionaire. He's a, he's a blue collar millionaire. He's built that business from nothing. It's making millions of dollars a year. I've built several businesses. Gutter King is my biggest business. I'm now in 29 states. And then Mark has a ton of businesses, has acquired a ton of businesses, bought and sold businesses. He's doing a lot of this. We're talking about businesses, but he, of course, Mark's Mark. So he's doing a lot of this stuff he does on DM Alliance. I had a member in my war room. He just messaged me yesterday that he was like, wow, you and Mark specifically have me thinking much bigger. Awesome.
Hey guys, just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It means so much to me that you guys are listening. I don't make any money off of this stuff. I do it for free. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I want to help people and I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot. You know, you said obviously it's not about the money for you and it's really not because like this takes up so much of your time doing these calls, preparing for the calls, you know, doing the debrief after messaging, answering calls from all of the members. Like it takes you a lot more than an hour a week to do this. And I know that your time is worth way more than that. I only do things if I do it for free. So if I'm going for a walk or I take a call from somebody, a member, and I talk about the business, I would, I like doing it because yeah, it's not. I'm not making the money on it. Right. Yeah, it's not about the money. It's about the helping the people get better, you know, and that's interesting because that's but, what we talked about in the beginning because we're all here, you know, to grow together and it's amazing how many higher level people just really love helping other people grow. Absolutely. Everybody I find in the DM Alliance, Dealmaker, they all want to help people. If you're hungry and you're motivated and you talk to a guy who's making millions of dollars a year, I mean, he's going to pull you up. He's yeah. going to help you. He's not going to shit on you. He's not going to just come prepared and come with energy. But the other thing is to say, how would I, I believe that this will bring deals flow to me and I'll probably get involved with some members sure. and Mark, Will and Chris. And, and so it, it's a win-win. We can help them get done. The roofing business I did with Sean Stipa, you know, he came through, he knows me because of Blue Collar Millionaire. He's in the war room now, but he found that deal before. You got to get around people, even virtually, who are making deals or making shit happen. Yep. You know, if I see a good deal, there's a guy in my group right now, he's got to put down $130,000 on a deal, I told him, I'll give you 130. I'll do it with you. But he has the money. But I said, I like this deal that much. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I like deals. I want to make shit happen. Yeah, but too. I don't want to necessarily be the guy who's operating it. I got too much to do. Yeah. But bringing down payment to the thing and helping him get a deal done. Yeah, I'm down for that. And then doing Zoom calls and showing them how to grow it for a piece of the equity. Yeah, because I already do that. Yeah, I love that, man. And the other thing, you know, about all of that deal flow is like it lifts everyone up, right? Yeah. Everybody learns from it. Everybody who's involved, they all grow at the same exact time. Absolutely. You guys, your listeners, anybody knows this. Do you ever see an opportunity and you're like, if I had money, I would do that. You see some shitty house in a nice neighborhood and like if I had 500000 or you don't even know how to get five hundred or get loans, but you know that house is underpriced but you get in these groups and you get in around people like that and you can ask them first of all you're going to know that they want to do stuff it's not like convincing your buddy at the bar who has no money who doesn't even understand real estate he's not going to do it he can't help you nobody has to convince me to buy a business that's netting a ton of money and you're buying it at a great deal you don't have to convince me anything how can i help you yeah exactly right i want to make money i got money sitting like everybody wants money i don't want to put it in the bank at 0.001%. Yeah. 0.001%. We want money flowing. Plus, right. it's fun. Yeah. That's what about getting in these groups, the DM Alliance, the War Room, even the Blue Collar Millionaire. I want that community to be, we kick out any bullshit in there. I want guys to be thinking about how to do asking questions, people giving good answers. Because a lot of these groups, people just shit on stuff. They'll post up work they did, in, in, specifically in gutter and root group. And then everybody's an expert telling them how they suck. Wow. We don't have any of that in here. We want guys uplifting. Yeah, of course. How can we help you get better? Yeah, so I think the biggest lesson in all of that, too, is like, look who you 
hanging out with. Look who you're hanging around, right? Stop going to the bar. If you want to get better, don't be sitting at the bar. I stopped drinking four years ago. And even though I was working hard and motivated, there was, you know, sometimes you're there on a Saturday, whatever, or Thursday night, and it's like late. Look around that bar. It's, yep. I remember thinking, yeah, but you're here. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Why are you here? <laughs> And I might, I, I would convince myself, yeah, well, I'm making this much money, I'm good. But like, this is a total waste of your time. You're looking around like, but I'm different, but you're still Yeah, there. I had a mentor down here and I still do. He's he's kind of a lot like Mark. He's an older guy, but he thinks very much like that. And I was telling him that. And one time he called me and I was a little buzzed. And he was like, man, he was like, what are you doing? It's like a Wednesday night and you're drinking beers. And then I said, I remember I said, yeah, well, I'm doing really well on everything. And he says, yeah, you're doing well compared to other people yeah. but you're not doing well for you because he says i actually know you should be doing like 10 times i remember that hit me like a fucking sack of if you're making 300 grand you compare yourself to get people who make 70 grand you're the like mark says you're the king of the dipshits the dipshits that's right. but maybe you should be making three million and helping people and giving money to charity and doing all the other things i don't know it just had a lot of effect on me like yeah it's you against you it don't worry about what other people are doing yeah 100 percent. and i had to have that conversation with myself recently because i've been into ERC, heavy into ERC since the beginning of this year, since January 4th. That was the first business day of the year, the first day that I started running ads, and I really got heavy into it. I'm still obviously like, you know, I'm growing a, a massive team of people as well to, to help out with that. But I had this goal, right? I had this goal of I'm going to do 30 grand a month with ERC. Right, three hundred sixty thousand. I'm gonna do in the next twelve. Then I start talking to some of our other buddies in the in the DM Alliance. They say, why not triple it? Literally a simple sentence, just like that. Why not triple it? And I'm like, I guess I got to do that now. <laughs> Where do you come up with thirty grand? And somebody will listen to me like, what are these guys talking about? Thirty grand, like ten grand's a lot. It's just in your head. Like, why thirty? Why not a hundred? Nope, why not a hundred? Why not? Because more? if you set your goal really big and then you reverse engineer it you can basically find out oh yeah it's possible to do that that was one of the things i did and when i was rebuilding in like 2010 11 i said in my mind i said how would i net net a million dollars for myself doing gutters and i remember i figured out kind of what i net per complex and then i saw hey this is how many complex and I was like that's actually doable if I get into some warmer markets and I get like I could do this and I remember telling one of my friends he's like what are you talking about he was like you're gonna gross a million dollars nobody does that I said gross I'm talking about net <laughs> and then I went and did it because but now I have much bigger numbers yep. it's just all made in your head but if I had said how do I net 150,000 maybe I'd be making 142 right now maybe. you know or $30,000 is great but yeah is there a way to do 90 is it just doing three times as much much, or do you have to pivot and do things differently? You can figure that out. That's what I ended up doing, right? So midway through February, I was like, okay, this is doing pretty well, but I can adjust, you know, in these different ways. And then I can also completely pivot and add another market altogether that I haven't even been touching yet. And then, you know, we met in Florida. We had a great time while we were there. And of course, like you see what's possible and you see a little bit more. And mm -hmm. in the last week, I've been having conversations with guys that are doing very well in ERC. And now my target's 5 million in the next two years. Awesome. Big time target. And you know who thinks I'm crazy? All the people that I tell it to, except for myself. Yeah. Because if, I know that if I tell people that goal and they think that I'm nuts, then I'm doing it right. Yeah. I'm doing it the right way. I know you can do that. And then you also have the, the borrowed belief of guys who are already making millions doing that, right? I had Josh on our show on Tuesday. That was one of the things that fueled this goal, was watching that. I mean, his numbers are in 
insane. But, you know, I was at that mastermind where he unveiled that and his partner, Justin, were there. And I was like, oh, I can see how that could work and everything. If you told me then, and I watched that Zoom, it's insane, the growth. That's the biggest hockey stick growth of anyone I've ever been around. And he's such a humble guy. He's a great guy. He's a family man. But like that guy has been, that's, there's nothing lucky about that. He's been successful and trying to pivot and find ways. And he's always had success. And then that's what it is. When you're always looking for it, you find more opportunities. The other part of that, when I was saying about the money and say, buy that house down the street, if you're around people who have it and people who've done it, you see much, many more opportunities. If you're around people who work in a cubicle, and this is not a diss on them, but you know, they work in a cubicle, they complain about their job. The only opportunities you're going to see are ones to complain and things like that. You're never going to see anything. No, you're going to see what I've been around that. that job. Yeah, you're going to see like, well, if I work for another eight years, I'll get promoted and then I'll get three more dollars an hour. Yeah. Going to do it for you. If you've got bigger goals, it's not, you can't. Imagine you work at a job and if you do everything right and you bust your ass, you're going to move up like $10,000 a year. Right. The only kind of W2 that I can see where people get, you know, can skyrocket is in sales, right? So like- I sales. consider that a business. Yeah, truly. Because you get, it's based on you. It's like, you're almost like a business within a business. It's almost like being a subcontractor for someone. You're doing your own thing. The keys to wealth, if you're going to be a W2 employee, you have to get a piece of that equity, commission, sales, you have to have something. If it's just, you know what your check's going to be every, the 14th and 30th, every month, it's never going to change no matter what you do. First of all, that's a horrible way to go. But also for an employer, they're going to do just enough to get that check. Most people. There's very few. Everybody wants to say they're a great worker. That's not the case. Most people will do just enough not to get fired. Of course, there are people who work super hard and don't get paid much, but they should be thinking differently too because they can make a lot more money. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate our time that we had here that we shared today. Yeah, it was great meeting you uh, finally in, in Florida. Hit it off. A new friend, a new high-level friend. I love it. Yeah, me too, man. I'm going to be coming into Blue Collar Millionaire, though, for sure. I have a few other mastermind groups involved with in the real estate side, and those things aren't serving me right now. And it's just taking up too much of my time, and I need to transition over to what I know is actually going to move the needle more. A couple quick things. Before I get, Chris and I like to have you on our show. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, and like we have the next three weeks, we have people right after that. So at the end of April, I'll shoot you a message after this. We'd love to have you come on, tell your story. And then if you want to come in the war room next Thursday, just come on in, listen, see what we're about, ask questions, tell us where, introduce yourself to the group where you're at. That's a huge value that you're offering to people, right? So basically what you're telling them is you're going to give them $125, right? To show up one time for one meeting to check it out, you're giving them 125 bucks to show up because you're giving it to them for free. (laughs) Essentially, that is what it is. I just know when people come in, they mostly want to sit, they want to come back and I like to do it. Yeah, because I just think it's not, a lot of people have this thing of like gurus and everybody's paying class. So come for free. I don't care. It's not even i'll give you our money back just come for free i don't care and that's how i do it if it's not for you who knows what's in their head they might be like well i don't really have any money i got bad credit but hey there's still ways to get deals done yeah these are all limiting beliefs i'm sure you look back Stephen. like we look back in 2010 if we could go talk to each ourselves 12 15 years ago Say, all right, you got some problems here, bro. Here's a better way to do it. And here's a faster way. Like, hey, you're trying to do this thing with your brother's credit card. Let's do this. I could have figured out many better ways, but you, I did it and we got through it, but we find better ways. And that's kind of what we do in the war room. I kill people's, We Mark will kill your deal so 
fast. We try to kill deals because yeah, that's the idea. You got to be a deal killer. A lot of guys bring deals that are just jobs. They're creating jobs for themselves. And a lot of people, they hate their jobs. They think we say, no, 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 you're just going to have a job. Where are you going to be in three to five years? You're not going to like that. So we kill it. that same pool route that you're buying right now. Yeah. If you look at that, the most expensive things you do are sometimes the worst deals. It could be a real estate deal. Can I, I know I would love to go back and kill some deals before I did it in 2007, 2006. I would love to kill those deals. Couple businesses. I only had one business, two businesses that didn't do well, and I would love to kill those deals as well. But I'm here, man. I wish I would have. So, yeah, you come in the war room. We're gonna bring the. They bring the deal. They bring the profit and loss. We go through. What do you think is gonna happen? How are you gonna grow it? And we try to kill it. If we can't kill it, then keep going. So this guy in our group, the one that was doing the 1.1 million dollar deal, we didn't kill that. We couldn't kill it. Keep going. Go Make yeah. it happen. Right on, man. All right. Appreciate Thanks. you having me on. Hey guys, just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It means so much to me that you guys are listening. I don't make any money off of this stuff. I do it for free. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I want to help people and I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot. Yeah.